0: Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. It's, you know, the best way to guarantee that you're going to fail is quit. And as we mentioned last week, from the legendary football coach, the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi said, once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. And I think that is so true. Let's recap just for a second, and then I want to step into some, uh, a couple of new things here this morning. Uh, first of all, we need to remember that there, there's some things that they're good to quit. That quitting is not always bad. There are certain habits we perhaps need to quit, certain types of behavior, uh, certain unhealthy relationships, it's time to give up and, and, and quit. Anything that's wrong, anything that's ungodly, anything that's contrary to God's purpose, anything that's harmful, there are times to quit. You know, sometimes we just need to quit and it, it takes determination, it takes a decision. However, in our culture, in particular in our culture here, our society today, it's become acceptable, even the norm, if you will, for people if they're trying something for a while and they decide they don't want to finish or they want to quit, then it's okay. It's acceptable. And that's a, that's a real problem. We have a lot of folks that are spoiled today and thinking everything's going to be easy. And if they don't like what they're doing, then it doesn't really matter. I can just quit. I can quit my job. I can quit school. I can quit the, the sport uh, that I've committed myself to for this season. Uh, it's not going well. I just want to quit. I, my, our marriage, marriage is not going well. We try and try and try. Just, I just feel like giving up. It's too, it's not time, it's too early to quit. I remember the little girl, the story of the little girl that was watching her, her mother at night, and her mother was putting on some facial cream, some cold cream uh, on, on her face, and the little girl was amazed, and she said, Mom, why do you do that? And of course, the mother said, to make myself beautiful. So in just a moment, the mom began rinsing all this off her face and removing the cream with the tissue, and the little girl said, What's the matter? You giving up? <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good time to give up. Last time we looked at Elijah, the awesome, powerful prophet of God, uh, who had, we'd, we'd seen the miraculous at his hands and seen him uh, powerful, fervent prayer and praying that it, a judgment coming on Israel because they're rebelling against God three and a half years without rain. It stopped raining. And uh, he prayed for fire to come down from heaven and offering, and it did. And he and he uh, also, uh as as a result of this overcoming the the prophets of Baal, then uh, he actually, the Bible says, he single-handedly killed over 800 false prophets of Baal. (coughs) Excuse me, he was a powerful, powerful man. But here's the ironic thing, an amazing thing, and then maybe it's not so amazing, is that he he fought in these battles. He stood when it seemed like he was standing alone. He uh, saw miracles in his life. He fought and defeated uh, prophets, false prophets. He was a mighty man of God. And yet, when he was threatened by one woman, what did he do? He turned and ran. Now, it wasn't just any woman. It was Queen Jezebel, which I think was evil. I think was demonic, uh, that was uh, was demon-possessed. And uh, she, of course, uh, was a worshiper of Baal. And it was her prophet. So she said... Well, I tell you what, you kill these prophets, my prophets, then by tomorrow this time, then you're going to be like them. You're going to be dead. And so he turned and ran. Now in verse three, remember, it says he ran and, and he went to Judah, and then he left his servant there. Then it says he continued alone. Remember, he went alone by himself to the wilderness a day's journey. He sat down under a single broom bush or broom tree, and there he was just ready to give up, to quit. Lord, I've been, I'm just ready to quit. It'd be better right now if I just die. And he, uh, he went to sleep and then was awakened by an angel. And the, the angel told him to get up and eat and drink. And there to his side, there was a bread that was baked on the hot stones and there was a jar of water. He did so. And then he lay back down and he slept a little while longer and the angel woke him up again. It says you need to get up and eat drink again you've got a long journey and so he did and then he went on a journey of forty days and forty nights till he came to Mount Sinai you remember Mount Sinai the Ten Commandments were given there the the uh, encounter uh, with, with God that, that, that Moses had there that's just it termed oftentimes termed the Mount of God and this is where he ended up on the, on the Mount Sinai and When he arrived there, then he went into a cave. And we pick up in verse 9 and 10. Just going to do a brief review here, and then we want to jump something else. He came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And his response, I have zealously served you, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed all your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. I mean, he was really down and discouraged. And in verse 11 the Lord then spoke to spoke to him and said go out and stand on the mountain for the Lord is about to pass by. Interesting statement. That somehow there was going to be some encounter with the power or the presence, a manifestation of God. And he did that. And he went out and there was hurricane force winds that just that just broke the rocks in pieces. And it said the Bible says the Lord wasn't in that and then there was an earthquake that shook the mountain. The Bible says the Lord wasn't in that. And then there was fire. And the Lord was not in that. And then a little bit later it says, then there was a still, small voice. It's amazing after uh, all, all of the the... Amazing things had happened, the tumultuous times that, that he had been through and that, that he went out and perhaps he expected to see God in some type of, of, of extraordinary way. So, so perhaps he expected that if God's going to show up and speak to me, it's going to be in some way that just demonstrates his power. But instead, when he really didn't experience the presence of the Lord or hear his word, I think he went back in the cave, then he heard A still small voice still represents calm, confident. It was a whisper almost. And he heard the Lord in that. You know, it doesn't take all these big, big uh, explosions and splashes and everything else. Sometimes in your relationship with the Lord, it's not about all those just big things that happen in your life, those big spiritual experiences, those amazing miracles, although we love all of those, but sometimes you receive uh, powerful things from the Lord and you, you are ministered to greatly just when you can get quiet before the Lord and listen to Him. Elijah just needed to settle down and hear the voice of the Lord. Well, he did. He did. He heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord asked him the question again. Elijah, what are you doing here? Do you know, it's just like when you text someone, you know, you can text someone a message and they may not get what you're really saying. You, you, you understand? Because in text, it doesn't, it doesn't give you a particular tone. There's no tone to that. You, you don't hear how it's said. You just see that it was said. Now that can be dangerous because there's some things you can say that just perfectly all right. But when someone reads what you said, it's not really what you said. And I, I, I believe that that we can see this question. You know that the Lord spoke to him and says, "Elijah, what are you doing here?" Or Elijah, what are you doing here? Or Elijah, what are you doing here? But nevertheless, he heard the Lord ask him. That question. And, and he had not yet really, really experienced any kind of breakthrough at this point because what was his answer? It was the same things it was before. Well, Lord, you know, it's been hard. It's been bad. Uh, everybody's, uh, no one else is really following you. And uh, uh, they're after me right now. This is just really bad. The Lord spoke to him in verse 15 there and says, the Lord told him to go back the same way he came, anoint a couple of kings there and anoint Elijah to replace him as prophet. Now I looked at this in one sense, I saw how sad that he came to a place where he was ready to just give up, throw in the towel. And he had this encounter and he heard from the Lord and he's going through all these emotional experiences and the Lord told him, just go on back. I've got, you know, and I saw that. It's kind of like, well, Elijah, you failed. You fail because now you're going to anoint someone to take your place. And I think there's some truth. There's some teaching in that. But there's also another side to that. And that, I believe, is that the Lord spoke to him. I I think Elijah found out in the cave that he could still hear God. I think he found out he could still hear God. And the marvelous thing about this is when he heard God, God still had a mission for him. He wasn't through He didn't die in the cave. And you, somebody here this morning may need to hear that God's not through with you yet, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what you're facing now, that there's still a mission for you. There's still a purpose for you. There's still people's lives to touch. There's still things that He wants you to do with your life. uh, The truth is that, folks, we're not done. We don't quit. We don't quit. Now, we went through this last week of reasons why people quit. And when we look at Elijah, we see these. And let me name five of them very quickly. People quit, like he did, because things were just hard. They were difficult. You know, when the going, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough, tough gets going. Well, you know, it takes effort sometimes. I mean, as a Christian, everything's not always easy. Everything's not always easy. There has to be the idea of perseverance and sticking with it and following through. Even when it's difficult. second reason he can give up is that he just was tired physically and emotionally. We have to watch over our, our physical beings, our bodies. We have to watch over our emotions. Uh, stay in the Word of, of God there and renew your mind. Because this will take you to a place of discouragement, battle weary, and worn. Uh, sometimes you, in that, the reason you give up during those difficult times is because you've got Opposition. You know, the fact is, if you're doing something good for God, if you're doing something that fulfills the purpose of God, if you are walking in his way, you are going to have opposition. If you're living as a Christian and you have absolutely no opposition, something is wrong. We all have an enemy, the adversary, the devil, who is opposed to you. There is the reality of spiritual warfare and battle in this life. Now, you don't have to go around like a defeated soldier all the time. You go around as a victorious one, but you realize that there's always going to be someone that doesn't understand you. There's always going to be someone that kind of opposes you, objects to you, doesn't understand what's going on that, that you're doing in your life. And uh, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult sometimes to, sometimes you just won't just, oh, it doesn't really matter. I, I, I just quit. I'm tired. The third reason. Uh, He gave up because I think he just isolated himself. He pulled away. Remember, he left his servant and went. And people, when they pull away from other believers and other sources of encouragement, they become despondent. They think that they just need some time to get away. And we all need some private time. We all need some space. That's good. But so often, people who are hurting, people who are despondent and want to give up, People who maybe are a little bit angry about something or 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 they, they don't understand some things that are going on, maybe they're under the attack of the enemy. They will withdraw. They'll withdraw from Christian friends, they'll withdraw from Christian brothers and sisters, they'll withdraw from the church, think, well, you know, I just needed to get away for a while. That's absolutely not true. We need some quiet time, alone time, but we do not need to separate ourselves from other believers. We need one another. And we need to be together in worship. Yes? Yes. Amen and amen. So, uh, another reason why he gave us, because I I think he was spiritually drained. Uh, This is bound to have been emotional drain, but also he's spiritually drained. And uh, he'd seen great miracles of God, the power of God, but now it seemed everything was against him and he was alone. He was spiritually drained. We must guard against becoming spiritually depleted. Absence of time in the Word, absence of time in prayer, allowing our lives to be filled with so many other things, not having communion fellowship with other believers, not taking any time to worship, not spending any time in prayer. All those things will just drain. And then when you're trying to serve the Lord and when you're trying to go on with your life as a believer, you feel completely drained of any energy. There's no spiritual energy at all. If you don't eat physically, you will lose energy with your physical, in your physical body. You will become tired and weary, and you won't have the strength to do what you want to do. The same thing happens spiritually. If we don't stay fueled, if we don't stay fueled spiritually through His Word and through time and worship, if we don't feed ourselves from the Word of God, then we're going to catch ourselves in a place where we are depleted spiritually and weak spiritually. And that's a dangerous place to be. And a lot of times that happens after you've been kind of through a time where it's been easy and there's been spiritual breakthrough and victories and everything's going great. And, and and sometimes we just back off. We back off there and allow the enemy to get to us. We say, well, you know, those things are not, I don't have to spend that much time in prayer. I don't have to spend that much time doing these things because everything's going great. No, we need to be consistent in our time for the Lord. Well, you know, it is a lot of times after the mountaintop experience, that there's a tendency to have to face the the, the valley. I don't think we want to live in the valley, but there are some of them out there. Now, the other reason he quits because he just lost focus. And the, the essence of that is he was thinking about himself all the time, self-pity. Woe is me. Look at me. There's nobody else that, that serves you like I'm serving you. And I'm tired and I want to die and me, 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 me and and uh, you know that's one of the greatest weapons of the enemy against you and me is self-pity. Amen. Just thinking about ourselves and it's easy to get just get wrapped up in that, enslaved by that. When you do that, you lose focus and you become distracted. You get a mental mentality, a victim mentality mentally uh, and, and 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 with your thinking and. Uh, And you start to blame others for your problems. And we need to stay out of that. Stay out of the place of self-pity. Don't lose focus. Don't quit too soon. You know, it's important for us not to quit because we may be right at the threshold of victory. It's important for us not to quit because we might be just at the point of breakthrough. And wouldn't wouldn't it be tragic if we come just this close to that breakthrough and we decide to back away and quit. I, I think of a couple examples in the New Testament. <clears throat> I think of the story of Jesus that told of, of a man who, who went to his neighbor's house one night. And he says, we, I need some bread. We've had some unexpected guests. And we need something to feed them. The guy said, look, I just, you just got me up out of bed. My whole family's asleep. I don't, I don't have time. I can't do that right now. And, and we don't know how many times exactly that he said, no, I really can't do that. But the interesting thing about that, and and there's a lot of of lessons to learn in in that scripture, but it says that he kept knocking, even though the guy said he couldn't help him. He says he kept knocking. And he said, he kept knocking and the man eventually got up and he said, I'll give you whatever you need because of your persistence. We could say, I will give you what you need because you just are not going to quit. We need that kind of bulldog persistence in our life many times. Now don't misunderstand me. If we're put, if we're trying to interpret this in the light of prayer, when you're praying, we need to be persistent in our praying. But it seems that this man came to a reluctant neighbor, but when you come to your father, he's not a reluctant father. He desires to give you good gifts. He desires to bless you. So you you come asking in faith before the Lord, but you don't come begging and pleading. There's a, a difference. If you have true confidence in your Father and who He is and that He loves you, you humble yourself before Him. He's God. He's God Almighty. It all belongs to Him. He has every right to say yes or no. But not only is He Almighty God, but He is your Father. And your father, if we know how to give good gifts or give gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly father give good gifts and the Holy Spirit to us? He's not a reluctant father. So there's some, we don't need to apply this verse, I think, in the wrong way. But the real essence today is, and the real focus today is that he kept asking. He wouldn't quit until he got breakthrough. He got what he wanted. Then there's a story over in Matthew. Take a quick look at that with me. In Matthew chapter 15, we pick up at verse 22. Matthew uh, 15, verse 22. Uh, we talk about the Shunammite woman or the Canaanite woman who came to Jesus. And here's what she said. <clears throat> she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, which was declaring that he was Messiah. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter's possessed by a demon. Now, what do you think, what what, what do you think Jesus' response was? Here's his response. Jesus gave no reply, not a word. That's a little surprising. You think about it, but he didn't say anything. So she came asking for help and she was ignored. It seemed like she was ignored. And on top of that, the disciples, and she probably heard this, disciples said, send her away because she keeps begging and it's bothering us. Poor, poor disciples. Send her away. She's bothering us. So she's hearing this. We don't, we don't have time for you. Jesus ignored her. Verse 25, what happens? What does she do then? says, then she came and worshiped him, Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. So she didn't give up. What was Jesus' response? Jesus said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, to the little dogs. Now, my, what a response. Now, Samaritans or Gentiles of that day, the Jews oftentimes would call them in a derogatory way, they would call them dogs. And she was not part of the covenant family. She was not an Israelite. And so that was a term that was often used, but it seems like that wouldn't be a fitting term that Jesus would use for her. This is an interesting, interesting passage of scripture. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Well, not only was she ignored, but she was rejected and ridiculed. It seems called names. That's what it seems like on the surface. And here's a her response. Verse 27, yes, Lord, I mean, this woman's not going to quit. Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs or scraps which fall from the master's table. She wasn't going to turn loose. Maybe she was not part of the covenant family, the Israelites, but she knew that that he was the Messiah. She had recognized that. She knew that he was Lord and she knew that he was able to meet her need. And I think it was kind of a testing time for her. I think it was The questions were kind of a testing time for to see where her heart was, see her persistence, see what her real desire was. Uh, anyway, there's a lot, a lot of different things in that. But the, the main thing I want to draw out today is, look, she didn't quit. She was ignored, she didn't quit. She was rejected, she didn't quit. She just didn't quit. She could have said, look, I came to Jesus and I expected him to do something, and this is what I get. But she kept on. Verse 28, here's his response to her. Now, woman, Great is your faith. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. What if she'd quit when she felt that she was ignored? What if she'd quit when her emotions told her that she was being rejected? What if she'd quit, but she didn't? You know the reason she didn't quit? Because she really knew who he was. She really knew who he was and that he was the only answer, the only solution to her problem. And then Jesus commends her. What an awesome, great, amazing faith you have. Whatever this thing that you've desired that your daughter be healed, delivered from demon, it's yours right now. She's healed. She's delivered. And it happened. Then there was the account of the woman with the issue of blood who had continual hemorrhaging and she'd, she had had this for many, many years. She'd gone to all the doctors, no good. She spent all her money, no good. And there came a day when she was aware that Jesus was coming by there. And as she approached him and, and her, her mind, her, her, her everything that was in her was driving her to him to say, you know, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and we've, we've studied that before of what the, the significance, of the hem of his garment, so I won't go into that. But she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be whole, I'll be healed. But as she approached him, there were certain things going on there. First of all, there was crowds of people that were just, the, 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 the uh, King James has thronged him. There were just people, just all around him. There had bound to be a little bit of pushing and shoving and just a crowd of people. So she had to work herself through a crowd, but she continued. She wouldn't quit. But not only that, if anybody knew her or knew what the situation was with her, she was declared, she was unclean. Because of her physical ailment, she was considered unclean. And basically, when they approached, if you were unclean, had the type of problem she had, you were supposed to, when you got a certain distance from them people, you were supposed to declare that, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. But she didn't. All evidence is that she pressed on in knowing that the answer was right there. But if she'd quit because it's too crowded... If she'd quit because she said, i tried all these other things and they didn't work, if she decided to just give up, she would have never been healed. But she didn't quit. I want to name before we go today, I, we, we saw five things that can, reasons why people quit sometimes, but I, I want to just run through this with you rather quickly. I want Talk about five reasons not to quit. We're moving from this into the power of encouragement, but today I want to talk to you about reasons not to quit. Number one, first of all, God is faithful. There's no reason to quit because God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1 9, the scripture says, God is faithful. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. Listen to this. It says, if we are faithless, he still remains faithful. Even if we're faithless, he's still gonna be faithful. People are not always faithful, but he always is. Always. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says, The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and he will guard you against the evil one. God's faithful. Look at three, three important things that line up with this to follow up with the fact that God is faithful. First of all, He's faithful. We know His Word works. The Word of God works. The Bible says it is alive and powerful. The Word of God, the Word of God is powerful. His Word works. When we stand upon His Word, believe it, confess it, walk it out, His word will come to pass. Because we know the second thing is his promises are true. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says, For all the promises in him are yes and amen. All the promises are yes and amen in Christ. I love this verse in Joshua chapter 21 verse 45 that says, Not one, not one, not one. Not a single one of God's promises to Israel failed. Not one of his promises failed. Did you know if God has promised you something, not one of his promises fails. Now there may be some other things going on, some places where we miss it, but when God promises something and we stand on it in faith, it will not fail. We have to get that strong down inside of us. Don't be ruled by your circumstances. His promises are true. Stand on them. And the third thing under God is faithful is we have his name. We don't give up because of God's because of the name of Jesus. The Bible says his name is higher. It's above all others. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, God has exalted him Jesus and given him Jesus a name that is above every name. And he's given us the wonderful, wonderful opportunity and ability to pray in his name, to speak things in his name, representing him, pronouncing it according to the will of God. Very important. So we don't give up because God's faithful. His word works, his promises are true, and his name is higher. No reason to give up, folks. No reason to quit. Second reason we don't quit is because We have his power in us. His power is in you. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Lives in you. Remember one of our loved verses, one of our loved verses around here is that the same spirit that that, that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same spirit, the same spirit. Greater is He, the Spirit that lives in you, than He that is in the world. You don't give up because you have the power of God in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, it, we don't we don't always allow Him. We don't always allow Him to do what He wants to do and needs to do in our lives. We need to feed, be filled with the Holy Spirit, yielded to Him, be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is important for us because it's in that power that we overcome. Jesus said, you need to stay here in Jerusalem before you go out anywhere because you dwell here together for a while. After that, you will receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power from on high and then you will be my witnesses. He knew it was so very important that we live being aware of and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, we need renewal. We need a fresh encounter. We need the Holy Spirit. By the way, we got the men's encounter coming up, and it's going to be a powerful. It's going to be a. It's going to be a wonderful encounter. Whether you're used to being in that kind of environment, you know, sometimes it scares some guys away, but, the, but it, it shouldn't because this, this is going to be good. It's going uh, to be real. It's going to be good. there been a lot of things going on, but the main thing that's going to happen there is you and I are going to become more and more sensitive to and aware of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And boy, do we all need that. But wait, and we don't need to wait until next Friday before that happens, you understand. But sometimes when we take that time away and focus on him, it allows him. The Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. He'll not force himself on you. He'll not force himself on you. We invite, you know, he's, all, he's God, just like the Father and the Son. But we invite him. The very present Holy Spirit lives in us. There's no reason to quit, give up. third reason is that there are others that are counting on you. You don't give up or quit because there's some other folks, there's some other people that are counting on you, they're depending on you, your family, your sons, your daughters, people that you are mentoring, people that are there that you can sow into their lives. They need encouragement. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another, build up one another. And, you know, when it talks about the, the sharing of the gospel, this is interesting, Romans chapter 10, verse 14, asks a few questions, it says, how can, they, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in Him. And how shall they believe him in Him if they've never heard? Here's the, here's the catcher. Here's the clincher. And how can they hear unless someone tells them? There's other people that need you. Don't give up. Don't quit. They're counting on you. The fourth reason is is that victory's already yours anyway. You can claim, Victory's already yours. There's no reason to quit you win. First John chapter five verse four says, for whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Let me share that with, with you from the New Living Translation. It says, For every child of God defeats the evil world, and we achieve the victory through our faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans eight thirty seven says, In all these things we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Now, I know we're going through a lot of Scripture, but that's okay. The Word of God is okay, isn't it? Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> the truth is, folks, You and I, we are the head and not the tail. Above only and not below. I believe that that word to the Israelites in Deuteronomy can apply to us also. We are victorious, not the victim. We are blessed and not cursed. But it's important for us to check our heart, to know where our heart is in relation, to check our attitude. It's important for us to... To, to check our thoughts, our thought life. It's important for us to be aware of the words that we're using. And, and because your words are going to take you somewhere. And, and if you're not going to give up, then it's important to keep your 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 mind focused on him, your heart surrendered to him, your mind focused on his word, and uh, your words lined up with what he says. That way you'll win. I mean you win There's no reason to quit. Since through this you've been given, you have been actually given the recipe to victory. And the, f- the final thing, and we don't quit because there's some rewards coming. There are rewards when you stick to it, when you stay with it. You know, when you pick up in Hebrews chapter 12, the verse one is talking, it's referring back to all the wonderful giants of faith, many of them we read about in the Old Testament. It talks about it spurs us on. We need need to really get with it. The Message Bible says, strip down and remove all those things that are holding us back, slowing us down. Start running, and I like the way it ends, and never quit. It says, remove those things that are holding you back, run, and don't quit. And in verse 2 of Hebrews 12 it says, we're, here's how we do this. We keep our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher, finisher, the pioneer of our faith. Who? Because of the joy set before him. There's two aspects of the joy that, that was set before him. You know, when you're doing something, it's very difficult. It's tough. And yet you know if you accomplish this and you go through it, you know that there's a payoff you know that there's rewards. Hey, man, if I'll just do this, then this is going to be the results. And the way I make it through this difficult time is I see the results. That'll really encourage you as a Christian If you keep in your mind what the results are for you, what the end story, what the final story is for you as a believer, if you'll keep that, if you'll keep God's answers and his provision out there for you while you're going through some problem, and instead of looking down at your problem, you keep saying, I know that problem is there, but here's the answer. Here's the solution. Here's the promise. Here's the word. If you'll keep your eyes there, if you'll keep your thoughts there, if you'll keep your words there, it's going to take you there, and that's the only way you can overcome here. There's rewards coming, folks. Now, Jesus, one of the rewards that Jesus saw when he was going to the cross was me and you. He understood that if I do this, this is gonna result in this. People who can be forgiven of their sins and given a brand new life. It's gonna result in people that will be in right relationship with God. They'll be completely forgiven and made righteous. You see, one of the things <clears throat> that made it worthwhile for Jesus to go to the cross—I get the primary thing that made it worthwhile for Jesus to go to the cross was people like me and you, people who need salvation, which is everyone. Not only was that reward that was before him, but the other reward that was for him was that he was knew that he was going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. Jesus didn't quit on us. He went all the way to the cross and he finished it for the reward set before him. In first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, 58, the Bible says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, hear this now. Be steadfast, strong, immovable. Don't quit. Always abounding in the works of the Lord. Don't quit. Now, I'm adding the don't quit. That's not in Scripture if you get looking for it. But he says, knowing, he says, do this, knowing that your labor is not in vain. What you're doing is not in vain. What you're doing is not useless because it's going to affect, it's going to cause some good things. It's going to fulfill purpose. It's going to affect people's lives. But what you're doing in vain is, uh, is not in vain because you're going to be rewarded. The truth is that every one of us, if Jesus doesn't come... Before then, and we were just suddenly changed, every one of us will die. And life, as you and I know it here on earth, is over. But life is not over for the child of God. And the Bible's quite clear, is that the child of God not only receives the gift of eternal life in heaven, but it's quite clear that there are rewards that will be given. Rewards. Blessings. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. You know this one. Don't grow weary while doing good. In due season, at their proper time, you will reap if you don't lose heart, if you don't quit. A lot of times we think sowing and reaping, that reaping is something bad. But here in the context, reaping is a good thing. If you're a farmer, if you're growing a garden, you want to reap a big crop, a good crop of blessings. So actually we can put this in the context of blessings. Is don't, don't grow weary in everything you're doing and doing good and because there, there's coming a time when there's going to be a tremendous harvest, tremendous harvest of blessings to you and rewards if you don't quit. If you don't give up. If you don't give up. <clears throat> there was a Spanish conquistador known as Hernando Cortez. And if you remember in the history books, he did several exploits, but he, he went uh, he went and he landed in, in part of the, the new New World, New Land, and he landed there, and, and when they got off the ship, off the ships there, they didn't know exactly what to expect. Would there be sickness, famine, or war or whatever? So when they landed, they started up the mountain. They started up the mountain. And after they had gone some distance up the mountain, then someone yelled, screamed, and and they all turned around and looked back. And what they saw was the 11 ships, the 11 ships that they had landed in were on fire. And Cortez had set them on fire. Do you know why he was... Burning it down, burning the ships, because he was saying, There's no going back. We are in this thing for the long haul. You are now committed. No quitting. I'm not sure how thrilled they were over that, but they had no, they had no, they couldn't go back. They could only go forward. We don't want to go back. We don't want to go back. I, uh, Heard recently of, and I don't know. I heard recently of a, of a pastor in China. They call him Pastor Peter, which has kind of caught my attention. Caught my attention because um, many years ago, when Jason and I went to China and spent some time in China, uh, one of the young men that we we've spent some time with and had traveled with I actually worked with a lot of house churches in that area. Uh, He was not actually a pastor during that time, but he worked with a lot of pastors and leaders. It was interesting to me that he was, his name was Peter. But here this account, and this is just recent, this has happened, that this pastor, uh, Peter, was. they had gathered together in the the house church in China. They they had a small meeting place. It was actually one in a house, but they had a small secluded meeting place. And they were in a worship service and the officials, the police, if you will, the government officials, authorities, they burst into the service there and they demanded that he stop preaching and that he disperse the crowd, the people. Well, he stood there, Peter stood there and he answered, he said, he, said, they, uh, he kept preaching, he said, the church will not disperse. And so the police said, then we'll disperse them. And the pastor said, they will not listen to you they will listen to me as their pastor and so they grabbed him up started taking him out of the of the meeting place there and as they were leading him out all the people there stood and clapped and cheered and gave god the glory we lose sight of how blessed we are and the freedom we have but nevertheless they took him for a long interrogation period but eventually allowed him to come back home And they took, they confiscated or shut down the place where they were meeting. And I love the response of the pastor. He said, He said, We'll have to find a new place together. They think, they think that they've closed down our meeting place and this will shut down the church. But they're wrong. They cannot shut down the church because it belongs to God. We will never give up. Ever. Sometimes you may be tempted to kind of pull back, give up. It's not time to quit. I encourage you. You may be just this close to some real breakthrough in your life. Some people struggle in their marriage and relationships they feel like it's just never going to get any better. Don't quit. You may be just this close to seeing a healing and a transformation in marriage. Some of you may be facing situations with other members, your children, things that you're struggling with there, things they're going through. And sometimes you feel like it's just, you know, it's never going to get any better. I encourage you this morning, don't quit. Don't give up. You may be just this point to see your family, family completely changed. Don't give up on your future. Don't give up on your destiny. I don't care what age you are. And I'm one of the older ones here in this congregation. And sometimes I'm tempted when I think about my age to look more toward the past rather than toward the future. I think, well, you know, that's, that's done. And sometimes when you look at that and say, that's done, you might get the idea, well, then I'm done. But let me tell you something. Every one of you that are here this morning, you're living and breathing. You're a child of God. I want to tell you that no matter who you are, no matter what age you are or situation you're in, you're not done. You are not done. Don't quit. Don't quit. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, being absolutely sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He'll complete it. Don't quit. Don't give up. I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want you to be encouraged. I want you, when you leave this place, to just have an attitude, have something inside of you that says, Lord, we're going to press on. Paul said, I'm going to press toward the mark, the prize, the high calling of Christ Jesus forgetting those things that are behind, pressing toward. Let that be our heart this morning, okay? Well, we don't quit. We don't give up. We're not going to quit. We've got a whole lot more to do to his glory. I believe that with all my heart. I wonder, do you? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. I want to pray together. Father, thank you for your blessing today. I pray, God, that you've stirred us up on the inside today, stirred our hearts, that there's absolutely no reason to get discouraged and despondent and distracted today. There's no reason. I know we allow it to happen to us, but we don't have to. Lord, we want to set our hearts on you today. We know that you're faithful. We know that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, Lord. We know that other people are counting on us, that we will stay strong and consistent. We know, oh God, that there are rewards ahead for us. It's a great privilege, a high honor, Lord, to know you and to follow you. You deserve our very best, our very best. And we thank you, Lord, that you're always faithful, even when we're not. And this morning, Lord, we're encouraged by that. I mean, Lord, we're really encouraged by that. And we're gonna encourage ourselves as we let this message this morning continue, continue to speak to us these next few days. Lord, God, thank you. We don't have any quitters in this place here. The Lord's done He has, as I said last week, he's already broke your quitter. You're on your way. You're not going to give up. Never. Never. I want to pray before we go for for any particular needs, but specifically this morning. And this area is always open. After we closed out in prayer, it's always open. If you want someone to pray with you, we'd love to do that. But I want to ask specifically, as everyone just bowed your head and you're praying right now, if there's some area you've been facing, some things you're going through, and maybe you kind of feel like you're, you're right at the breakthrough point, right at the place of receiving the answers and at the place of blessing, but you've been bombarded by some things and, and, and just kind of, kind of worn down and you've been dealing with some issues that you just really need complete victory over. And you're determined. You're determined, Lord. I'm I'm not going to quit. I'm determined today, Lord. I'm determined to go on. If you feel something stirring inside of you that's just simply saying, God, I surrender this situation to you right now, and I will not give up because through you I'll overcome. If you experience something like that, I want to pray specifically Over those this morning who have. If you just raise your hand very quickly and say, That's me, that's me. Yes, that's me, that's me. Yes, so many of you. Father, in Jesus' name, I come into agreement with everyone who's brought this before you today. And I don't know what's going on in their life or their situation, but you do. And they are more than conquerors, they are victorious. Help them to remember that you are faithful. They can always count on you. Help them to draw from encouragement from those around them. And I pray, Lord, that they'll press on in right now. Press, press, press on in and don't give up because the answer is just right there in front of you. And I thank you for that breakthrough now in Jesus' name. Thank you for this time to share together this morning in worship. Bless each one, Lord, in this place as we go in different directions today. Thank you for your protection and your provision in Jesus' name, and we all declare amen Amen. and amen. Give a good shout to God before you go today. Lord bless you.